name is Kiesel Broom, and I'm tuned in to the First Team Podcast. Which your hosts, Gio and John. Cosmos Country, welcome back to another episode. On this show, I am going to discuss a lot of things going on in Cosmos Country. There hasn't been any player signings to talk about this past week, but there are some great things to talk about from some rumors surrounding the New York Cosmos, some things to watch out for. Uh, Also, David Diose and Alexis Viala, they are going to train with Malaga, and, and I want to tell you my opinion on that. Also, uh, we are going to talk about some signings throughout the league and some league news that may be announced in the next couple of weeks. So you might be asking yourself, John, where is your co-host Giovanni? So Gio has been very busy as of late, so he is not going to join me on this episode, but he surely will be back on next week's episode. Also, Paul Scanling, the host of Gorilla Talk, is going to be our guest on this show as well. So stay tuned for that towards the end of the show. So sit back and enjoy the show. So first off, let's talk about David Ayose, Alexis Viala training with Malika. So this is very exciting because we saw Sebastian Guinzati, Hunter Gorski last season go to Malika and uh, train with the team. And it just shows how how the Cosmos want to make these connections with European clubs. And that's very exciting because young players like David and Alexis we want them to get as much as experience as they could get. They might not be getting a lot of playing time with the Cosmos, but they're not going to get that with Malika, but they're going to get experience that they would not get with the Cosmos. So it's so exciting as a, as a supporter just to see this this connection between the Cosmos and Malika sort of uh it's just a great thing because once again two two great clubs and uh it's great to see the cosmos grow with Malika and hopefully we can see something in the future maybe something more than cosmos players going there to train maybe we could see a friendly in the future maybe we can see some type of partnership uh Something like that in the future. I know I talked about something like that with PSG when the Cosmos were hanging out with them and things like that. But I feel like Malaga and the Cosmos, that's the only uh, really 
soccer club that we actually work with. So that's very exciting. Sort of for the future of the Cosmos because we don't know where it's going to go. But with this all said with Malika, it's just so exciting. And Luke Sassano, the Cosmos technical director, says that we're excited for David and Alexis to have this opportunity as young players being able to learn from Malika's exceptional coaching staff and training environment will help to further their development. And that's what it's all about. It's for them to gain so much experience that they sort of would not get here in New York. So that's just very exciting. And I can't wait in 2016 for David and Alexis to be impact players in the squad. I don't know for sure if they are going to be very essential players. But again, these are players, hopefully, that we can have around for the future. I really enjoy watching David Ayosa up front. Are we going to see him play up front in this upcoming season? I'm not really sure because we have Lucky, we have uh, Juan Arriedo, and we may add another striker. So I don't think we are going to see as much as David Ayosa as I would have liked. But again, we just have to... Give him some time. So he is going to get minutes with Cosmos B. Hopefully uh, Alexis gets some time with Cosmos B. And maybe after the B season, maybe they will maybe get called up to the first team. So just so excited uh, for the season. And just best of luck to Diose and Alexis. Best of luck with Malika during their training stint uh, and just best of luck because there are some great prospects for the Cosmos future talking about uh, some Cosmos player I mean talking about players that the Cosmos are closing in on we talked about Juan Arango and Empire of Soccer confirmed that the New York Cosmos are closing in on both legendary Venezuelan playmaker Juan Ariango and Bolivian striker Asmani Duke. We talked about this on previous episodes. We talked about how Juan Arango is a very exciting player. He's 35 years old. He's very, very talented. And EOS goes so far to say that both deals could be made official within the coming week. So if the Cosmos do sign Juan Arango, we are going to have some some uh, experience in the midfield. And we lost that with Marco Senna, but we are going to gain that back with Juan Arango. Also with Duke, 27 years old, a very young striker. And hopefully we can keep Duke around. Hopefully he performs well in 2016. Maybe once we officially assign Sign Duke, we will talk about really what our goals are for these new players coming in uh, because we didn't get into what we expect from these players because they haven't officially signed. So once the roster looks set, Gio and I will actually break down our goals for the new players for the 2016 season. So Duke, Ariango may be 
Cosmos players in the coming week. Also, a great friend of the show, Jason Lind, he writes for NYCosmos.com and he wrote a great article about 10 things to watch for in the fall season. And this is a very interesting one because we want to get different people's opinion. So we're going to go through his his 10 things to watch out for. Number one is what will the spring season hold? And it's only 10 games. And this is a strange one because the Cosmos won the spring season championship. They won it and it was very exciting. Can the Cosmos do that again? Can they win the spring? And it's very possible. It's 10 games. You you have to stay strong, stay fit. And you just have to be together as a team. And that's very hard to do in the spring season because a, a lot of clubs don't have great preseasons. And personally, that's why I think not a lot of teams do so great in the spring season is because they're still trying to find their form. And it's until the fall season is when they turn on and they are playing 110%. For the Cosmos, they already know what they have to do to win the spring season again. So it's going to be a very tough task as well to win the spring. But I personally think if we have a great preseason, if the new players come in and uh, on their preseason trips that they bond, get together with their new teammates, and they know how they play, I personally think that the Cosmos could win the spring season. And that's just off of preseason. So it's going to be uh, a very exciting spring season just because it's 10 matches. You really don't know what to expect. Are the teams going to be as together as we think they are? And that's really the tough task. Number two on Jason's list, jam-packed July. After nearly a month break from league play, the Cosmos will dive into a, a July with seven NASL matches on tap, a pair of midweek fixtures against Jacksonville at home, and in Edmonton on July 27th. This will test New York's fitness and depth. This is what really hurts teams here. Is uh, a really, really tough schedule. Is when you're playing so many matches in a week or two. And this is where you have to have some great depth. And I think the Cosmos showed that last season. And they weren't, af- uh, they weren't afraid of rotating the squad. This season, we're seeing quality players come in. We're seeing some core players stay around. And I personally think that even if we have this jam-packed July, I think that the Cosmos are preparing for squad rotation. They're preparing for having depth for this reason. Number three on Jason's list is Cup Dreams. Our, the goal for the Cosmos is to go far in the U.S. Open Cup, and surely that is going to be another target for the Cosmos in 2016. Fourth is Youth Movement. The Cosmos sign Alexis, Vilala, Eric, Calvillo. Very exciting youth for the New York Cosmos. But my one thing 
about the cosmos sounding youth is that I hope that once we develop these players, how we did with Haji Wright, he got so many minutes with Cosmos B, played a couple of minutes with the first team. He didn't make a big impact, but he sure developed into a player that he wasn't a year ago. So I personally think that playing with the Cosmos helped him out a little bit, but I hope that having Alexis, having Eric on our team, I hope that once they're developed, once they can play with the first team, I want to see the Cosmos lock up Alexis and Eric. I want to see them be a Cosmo for their whole career. That's what I want to see. I want to see these players committed to the Cosmos, committed to the badge. And that's something that we haven't seen yet just because this is going to be a... We haven't been around for that long in the modern era. But I personally think that we're a type of team that we would be able to do that. And I personally thought when we signed Haji Wright, I would have liked to see him stay around for a bit longer than he did. But we all knew that he had his sights set on Germany. And pass of luck to Haji. Number five on Jason's list is three in eight. So three games in eight days. The Cosmos will confront that in their schedule. Three times in the fall, plus one stretch of three contests in nine days. So from July 9th to the 16th, Miami FC away, Jacksonville Armada, Rayo OKC, and, the, and then it just goes on. So many matches in nine days. Again, it, it all goes back to having depth. And the Cosmos are continuing having experienced players in in positions that that we needed to fill in the offseason. Number six is Puerto Rico FC joins. The one thing about Puerto Rico FC is that they are joining in the fall season. So we're not really going to know what kind of style they're going to play or we can't scout them until they play their first match. So they are going to be unknown. And that's really going to be held to their advantage. Number seven on his list, new streak at short stadium. Ottawa Fury FC snapped New York's 18-game home undefeated streak on August 22nd. Can the Cosmos keep it going through 2016? They're 22-10-4 as the home team with a plus 30 goal differential since the reboot. So this is very exciting. Can the Cosmos keep it going through 2016? I think they could if they uh, can keep up the their momentum as they did last season. If they continue being that same team from last season, I think they can keep everything that they were doing again come the season. Skipping down the line is number 10 fitting finale. The league's two, the league's last two combined season champions, New York and Minnesota will meet at the end of the 2016 regular season and there's a chance postseason seeding will be at stake. New York against Minnesota United is always a great encounter. And that should be another exciting match. It is going to be played at NSC Stadium on October 29th. Exciting, exciting times. Talking about some league news. And there has been some rumors. And they are very exciting because... During the offseason, you're trying to cling to some news. 
if it's about your club that you like, if it's about the Cosmos, if if it's some type of league news, you want to cling to that. You want to uh, get excited about that. And that one thing is uh, reports that the NASL are going to have a league ball made by Under Armour. Last year, they had Void and... I think the league really, really liked that ball. People and players were were really complimenting how great that ball was. When the Cosmos first joined the league, the ball w- w- wasn't that great. People were just making fun of it, hating on it. But now, it really looks like uh, the, co- uh, the NASL is going to have... A ball uh, made by Under Armour. The new NASL specific design will be unveiled by the start by the start of March. So March is going to be a very exciting month. We are going to hear maybe about a league ball. Uh, also, some expansion news as well in the league. Uh, and Under Armour, I don't know what to expect. Out of the league ball. I really like Void. I really like what they did with the ball. I personally wanted to buy one. But Under Armour. It's going to be a different look. Uh, what do you guys think? You could tweet us at one team pod With your thoughts on uh, a league ball. A NASL league ball. Made by Under Armour. Transfer, transfer news in the NASL. Has been heating up. Not with the Cosmos as of late. But with the other clubs in the NASL. Rayo OKC, a team that we really don't know what we expected out of them. Player-wise, they have Ali Morasina as their manager and they're signing players. They are a force to be wrecking with. Derek Boateng signs with Rayo OKC. He, uh, he previously played for Ibar a team in La Liga. They are getting quality players. And that's something that really surprises me is that I didn't think Rayo OKC was going to have a big budget that they have. I thought that they were going to bring young players in, potentially bring players in from Rayo Vallecano. I didn't think they were going to be signing some great international stars, maybe some great MLS talent, and that's something that you don't expect from an expansion side. But again, I think Rayo OKC is seeing what this league is all about. They're seeing that it's so competitive, and they want to be at their top game come April. And that's so exciting because when the league announces expansion clubs, you really don't expect a lot in their first season. But with Rayo OKC, the sky's the limit. They have a very experienced manager. Ali Morosino won a championship with the Scorpions. Have some great players. Maybe they may be up there with uh, one of the best rosters so far as an expansion side in the NASL. Again, you guys should watch out for Rayo OKC. Another club 
that should catch all of our minds right now is Indy 11. They are signing Fury players left, right, and center. They signed Nicky Patterson, uh, a player that we all know from Indy 11. And uh, he just adds a bit more experience in the midfield for Indy 11. So exciting for Indy 11 because they are really coming together as a team, signing some great players in, in the offseason. They have Tim ha- Hankinson. We all know him. He used to coach the Scorpions as well. And uh, he got fired. Alan Marcina came in, and now we see Tim with Indy 11. So April is going to be a very exciting month. Elite, the league play is going to start up. We are going to see players at different clubs. So this is going to be a very hard thing is that we were so used to different players with the clubs in the league. So that's going to be one trick for everyone out there. But we are going to stay up to date on all the latest uh, expansion clubs, all the expansion news as well. So we are getting to know our opponents expansion-wise. So we... We talked to we talked to a writer Chris Bronick from Rayo OKC. He writes for the club, so if you didn't check it out already, check it out. We talked to him like a couple of days after they announced the team. But we are going to talk to uh, a podcast down there in the next couple of weeks to get to know a feeling about what they expect out of the team in 2016. Also, we are going to get to know Puerto Rico FC because people have their thoughts on Puerto Rico. Are they going to succeed? People think that the economy down there is really bad. So what's the feeling on the ground in Puerto Rico? We are going to get that. We are going to have that in the next couple of weeks. So Paul Scaling from Guerrilla Talk, he came on the show, talked about Atlanta and the market down there because the Silverbacks are no longer in the league and that really hurt Paul. He is a diehard Silverbacks fan and he really wanted them to stay. He was one of the members in in the trust made to save the team. They worked really hard and it just didn't work out. So here is Paul Scaling. From Gorilla Talk, I'm here with Paul Scanling, the host of Gorilla Talk. How are you today, Paul? I'm doing fine, John. How are you doing? I'm doing really good, but uh, we have to go a bit negative here with the talk about the Silverbacks, which I know I don't like to get a bit negative on the show, and I know you don't want to uh, just be down about the team that you are so passionate about, but did you expect the announcement to come very soon in the off season? I expected it to come a lot sooner than it did, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they were talking to people. that can do The original deadline was the end of the regular season. So, you know, that first weekend in, in November, the uh, first week in November was when I was expecting an announcement. Um, but they were talking to people up through, apparently up through early January. So um, that Monday that they pulled the plug a couple weeks ago, I think they were talking to people up until maybe the end of the previous week. Um, so it was always a, a, a remote chance, of course, without a manager under contract and no players under contract and frankly, only about three people in the front office, it would have been a huge challenge to put something together. But 
I was expecting it to be a lot earlier in the season. I'm a little surprised they waited so late to pull the plug. But that was very positive that they were talking to potential investors, and that really kept the hope going that we may see the Silverbacks in 2016. Uh, yeah, they strung us along pretty good, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. But may we see the Silverbacks maybe or a, another NASL Atlanta team, say, in the future? Well, they made it clear um, that uh, the only way there's an NASL team in Atlanta in the future is if some wealthy person comes to the league and says, hey, I want to start an expansion team in the NASL. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why they use the term suspended. Everything suspended. They're not even they're not lifting a finger to try to have an NASL team in Atlanta. That's got to come from somebody in Atlanta with the money to do it. Um, as far as the future of the Silverbacks, uh, that's that's a very good question. You know, there is an NPSL team called Silverbacks. Uh, mm-hmm. Until this past season, they were the reserve side for the NASL team. Uh, this past season, the league ran the NASL team, and Borcher Kunica, who own, used to own the NASL team, he ran the NPSL team. Uh, of course, completely amateur side. They do have an invite to participate in the 2016 U.S. Open Cup, but we haven't gotten a straight answer out of anybody as to whether or not they're going to accept that invitation. They are on the uh, list of teams for the NPSL, but the NPSL has not released a schedule yet. And of course, their season doesn't start till you know, late May or early June or so, so they've got still got a little time to, to get that sorted out. So we're not sure if there's going to be an NPSL version of the Silverbacks this year. The day after the NASL team was announced that they were suspended, the website uh, was immediately cleared of all of the NASL information, and mm-hmm. a survey was put up. Uh, you know, what should we do with the future of the future of the Silverbacks with the NPSL team? Should we stay NPSL? Should we try to go USL? You know, what do they want? I think some of that was maybe they were trying to angle to get a connection with Atlanta United, the MLS team that mm-hmm, uh, yeah. will be here in Atlanta eventually, but not the first three months of the season. Um, but Atlanta United announced a couple of days later a partnership with the Charleston Battery. Now it's only a one-year partnership uh, so that United can go ahead and sign players and place them with the battery. But it might go really well. You know, every MLS team has to have a USL partner, either one they own by themselves or one that they have a partnership with, kind of like a minor league agreement with. And Charleston Battery is the logical one for, for Atlanta United. It saves them the expense of uh, having a stadium and all that expense of running a USL side. They can just place players where they want to. All they do, they do have a 3,500-seat stadium in the plans for their training ground that they're building about five miles from my house. So maybe that's someday that's in the future. They want to have a, a United two or B or whatever it is they want to call yeah. it junior. Um, so the, the silverbacks don't really have that USL option. There already is another NPSL team here in Atlanta, the Georgia revolution uh, been around for a while. So um, it would be nice to have a second NPSL team. I guess you'd have a little rivalry and, and, and of course the rivalry with, with Chattanooga right up the road. It's always good. So uh, hopefully the Birmingham Hammers are, are getting getting their getting their act together and getting going. Uh, it'd be a nice little Southern rivalry. But uh, Boris has got to decide what he wants to do. Um, I think his his statement uh, in that that news article, the one that really just bothered me, was that he did, he said that the people that came out to Silverbacks Park didn't care whether they were watching professionals or amateurs, and I, I think that's absolutely insane because. Yeah, okay, there were a lot of families out there watching, but, I mean, if we wanted to watch amateurs, there are several state universities here in Metro Atlanta that play pretty good soccer. Georgia State, Georgia mm-hmm. Tech, Kansas State, Emory, they all have soccer teams. If we want to watch amateur soccer, there's a lot of it here in in, in Atlanta. So, you know, we'll see by a level as possible. 
I think the other the other issue I have with him proposing being the USL team is that Atlanta, being a, a big market, expects our teams to be at the highest level. Mm-hmm. The Atlanta Braves AAA baseball team is in Gwinnett County, and they are awful in attendance. Gwinnett County pretty much ignores them, even though it's a AAA baseball team with a big stadium. That county has had to refinance that stadium twice because they weren't meeting revenue projections because people just don't go to the games because they can just get in the car and drive down the road to Turner Field to go see the major leaguers, and that seems to matter. Although, of course, the Atlanta Braves this year are going to be a AAA team anyway, probably lose 90 to 100 games. But that's a whole other podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> and the Mets are going to win the World Series. Uh, you see they re-signed Cespedes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see about that. Yeah, but talking about the, uh, the Boris comments, I don't think an owner of a soccer team uh, should even say that because there was fans like you, Paul, that were so passionate about the Silverbacks, and you chose to support the only professional soccer team in uh, the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. You could have chose the MPSL side, the the Revolution, right? You could have yep. chose to see a college uh, soccer teams, and you could have started a podcast about that, but you chose the Silverbacks because that's what you felt a connection with. And I feel like soccer owners don't really understand how how involved supporters are with their clubs. And uh, that may be a different show, but it just hurts when you hear that. And you paid money to this guy to get season tickets and to invest into his team. Yeah, bought the shirt, bought the scarf, hat, you know, T-shirts, yeah. all that stuff. My kids have T-shirts, all, all that stuff. You know, it, it'd be like a restaurant owner saying, you know, people come here for the experience. They don't really care about the quality of the food. I mean, the, no restaurant owner in his right mind would say that. Why would why would somebody who owns a sports team say, well, they don't care about the quality of the players. It's, you know, it's the tailgate. And, they, you know, okay, all that stuff's good. But ultimately, I, I'm here to watch an athletic event, and I expect the, the players to be at a high level. I, I don't want to support amateurs in a professional setting. So by him saying that comment, do you expect him to uh, maybe come out with a amateur side maybe? Or like, as you said, that there is the MPSL team uh, that was the reserve team to the first team, but the first team isn't there anymore. So do we see maybe a team under Boris? I, I think there's going to be an NPSL Atlanta Silverbacks this season. Um, and after that, I, I had no idea. He, uh, he, he, he did a lot of really stupid things when he bought the, the NASL team. Uh, he took the, uh, the, all the revenue from the stadium and he didn't direct it towards the team, you know, the parking and the concessions mm-hmm. and stuff. He split all that stuff up. He's a venture capitalist. He, that's what they do. They buy a business and they break it up into its components and sell it off and try to make some money. Um, so, um, it, I, He's cheap. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to invest in a team. So I expect there will be an amateur team that plays there. Would you support a MPSL team under Boris? Under Boris, no. So, I, I have. I have. I don't want to give Boris any more money, any more attention, <laughs> any more anything. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's just 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 because it has the name Silverbacks on it doesn't mean that it's it's. The silver, it's the silverbacks that we've supported for almost twenty years. It's mm-hmm. it, it's an amateur side. It's going to be a completely different roster from last year. It's going to be a completely different roster next year and the year after that and the year after that. And that's you know that's fine if you want to support single A baseball, go for it. But you know, and I grew up in a town that had single A baseball, and I went to games. But every year, you know, it's totally different players, and you were that's where you went because that's that's what you had. But 
you know, we have, we have so many other options here. I, I can, you know, just this morning I was watching a couple of games. I watched the end of that Liverpool Norwich match this morning. And, what a match. You know, it was fantastic ending to it. And, and I don't yes. care about either one of the teams. I don't like or hate either one of the teams, just whatever, just sitting there watching, enjoying it while it was snowing outside. My kids were out on the back deck building a snowman. So I was like, I'm going to stay in here where it's warm and watch this. But I, I can do that. I can watch that. And it, it's not the same as being there, but it's better than, than you know, sitting on the couch not doing anything. So you're you're not going to support the MPSL side. So are you going to commit to a team uh, for 2016? Well, I, I'm still part owner of Portsmouth Football Club, so and I still got that. I was scarf. As far as picking an NASL side, no, I'm not going to pick an NASL side. Um, <laughs> that that you know they're all the enemy except you know except for the ones that are brand new. I, you know I don't have a reason to be bitter about them beating us or whatever. So. Um, I'll I'll pay attention to the league, but I'm I'm no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick a side and say oh this is my team and you know, travel and all that stuff. So maybe a lot of people are wondering what's gonna be the future of Gorilla Talk because, as we all know, the Silbracks are not gonna be around. So, what's the future of, of this podcast? Well, you know, I've been asked that question a bunch of times the last last few weeks. Been on been on quite a few podcasts talking about our our. Uh, our situation here. I'm not really sure that there is a future for gorilla talk. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it was about the silverbacks. I mm-hmm. started it to help promote the silverbacks and try to find an owner. Obviously we failed at that. Um, I really enjoyed doing it, I, I, but it was, it was never work. It was always fun. I've had several people suggest to me, Oh, well you should do something that just covers the league or you should do something that covers say the U S open or, you know, just all sorts of options, just all sorts of things. I'm thinking yeah, that would be work. That would be, you know, mm-hmm. if I was doing to cover the league, I'd have to watch every match. Yeah. I didn't watch every match when I was covering the Silverbacks. I watched us. I watched our upcoming, maybe our upcoming opponent, did a little scouting on that. But I wasn't the guy sitting there with, you know, six screens on my laptop watching on ESPN3, watching every single match mm-hmm. on, on any given weekend. And, and don't want to be doing – I don't know I could do that and actually tell you about what's going on in all six matches. You know, and, and I'm not, a, I'm not a, an aspiring sports talk radio guy. Uh, something specific and that passion to it, it would be work. And I'm like – not really sure. I, I've kind of floated around a few ideas about some things. Um, you know, I've had more than one person. You may have been one of them that suggested I, I keep going. I pretend the silverback still exists, and I write about. I, I talk about you know fake matches they played against so and so. You know, pick a, whoever has the off week, in the bye week that weekend. That's who I should who I should uh, say. Oh, the silverbacks played so and so because you know, and and make up about all sorts of things about it. That was a meatball. Win the league. <laughs> I'm that, not that creative, so I'm, I couldn't yeah. do that. So, again, hopefully there is a future for not Gorilla Talk because I would think you would rebrand your podcast, but uh, hopefully there is a future for your podcast, Paul. Well, thank you. I do appreciate that. I enjoy doing it. It's a lot of fun. Um, i, I got to find something that's that I'm going to enjoy doing, and I still haven't found that thing that goes, hey, that'd be a lot of fun. Let's try that. Um, so we'll see. I tow it around a little bit with U.S. Open Cup stuff, but – but, uh, man, some of that stuff, that's a lot of research. Some of that stuff is really obscure, um, finding some of those teams and, and doing that. And, 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 you know, being able to watch matches pretty much doesn't happen until the later rounds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see. So the Silverbacks had some great players in 2015, and they went on to some different teams within the league. Uh, is there one player from the Silverbacks that you may watch in 2016? The partnership between Paul Black and and Kamara had had not been split up, but I'd, I'd watch either one of them. Um, uh, you know, Simon Mensing just signed yesterday with the Rail Hawks as well, so 
two of their back line are going to be from our back line from last year. Paul Black and Simon Mensing were, were very strong there on the back line. Rashawn McKenzie uh, is signed with OKC as well. Uh, so, you know, I, I'd watch any of those guys. I, I'd, I think I'd watch Carolina just to see Paul Black play. I thought he should have gotten a little more consideration for league best 11 last year. You know, he and Kamara on the right side of our defense were just, were just outstanding. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch them. I don't know how much I'd get to see on TV. Sometimes I get really frustrated with where the cameras are pointed. So I can't but I'm not a producer, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, that always uh, gets on my mind where, like, especially in, in Ottawa, the camera was on a side of the field where, it, like, the other side, it was so empty. And mm-hmm. you were like, well, why can't the camera be on the other side? And it would be a lot better for the viewers. So, yeah, that always gets on my mind. But do you have a, like, a special Atlanta silverback story that you would like to share with our listeners um you know i think of of all the matches i've, I've been through over the last several years uh my favorite was beating rail salt lake in the u.s open cup with poku getting a getting a, a winner in about the 81st 82nd minute um he's one of those he, he's he's signed with nyc which means he's really a man city player and he, but he's over in Manchester right now, training with him. And and I'd be a little surprised if if he comes back. I think I think Man City's going to look at him and go, "Hey, um, you need to stay here because you're going you're going to get some playing time and you're going to get improvement in our system and, and you'll be a senior player here sometime." And, you know, he's even though he was a refugee who who came here, um, he was in Atlanta. He was from mm-hmm. Atlanta, and, and when Alda discovered him, gave him an opportunity, and it was kind of fun to watch him grow because man, he made some bad mistakes when he was 17, 18 years old. Just just why were you in the lakes just dude come on but man he was brilliant at times and and i know he in, in the right situation he could be a really really outstanding player talking about winalda right uh mm-hmm. he's always uh fired up on twitter and i don't know if i read an article or something on twitter and it said that he might want to coach again so would you like to see eric uh taking over uh a club and just leading them to a championship. Um, I, I think he would do a really good job at it if he would, especially if he would commit to it. Um, but I think his little <laughs> session last weekend at the uh, conference, that NSCAA conference, mm-hmm. I think that pretty much ended his coaching career, uh, especially at the MLS level. Um, you know, he's committed to that radio show five days a week, and one of the reasons he's so active on Twitter and so uh, maybe controversial is not the right word, but he'll, he'll get in your face about some things is that he's promoting a radio show like any sports talk person. You know, you, you, mm-hmm. I'm sure you follow sports talk people on Twitter, your local sports talk people. They don't get out there and just go, oh, well, this was nice. And this was, you know, they state some opinions and they're going to be controversial. And they're doing that on purpose. That's how you build a, a following and how you build conversation and how you get people to listen to your radio show. That's what he's doing. Uh, he's, he's tweaking a lot of people and he's doing a very good job of it and, and good for him. Some of those people need to be tweaked. Um, <laughs> But I think it might. I think that might be his way of saying, "Yeah, I'm not going to coach. I'm, I'm, I'm going full on on this media thing." And I, I haven't listened to his radio show yet, but everybody that I've talked to has it. It's fantastic. He I even like got ten Westerfield on his show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he knows what he's doing on the radio side of things. So just shouts out to Eric Ronaldo. So that's and out the show here talking about the trust, and I know you and a bunch of other diehard Silverbacks fans from all over the world wanted to see the Silverbacks and that didn't happen. But you guys did your part. So what's next for the trust? 
Well, immediately, the first thing the trust did was send out uh, information to everybody who had donated money and said, look, if you want your money back, here's how you get it. Um, I don't think very many people have done that. Um, so we immediately started exploring other options as far as NPSL. There, the U.S. Soccer has has requirements on NPSL about um, majority owner with certain net worth. I mean, e even then, fan ownership, 100% fan ownership, is not allowed at the NPSL, the fourth division wow. level. Um, so there's some other options. There's some there's some clubs here in Atlanta. Atlanta it has a lot of youth soccer. Um, it really, is, it's a, it's it, there's a lot of really good programs here, and we've had some conversations with some organizations about ways that we could get involved with them. Nothing, nothing's really led anywhere yet, but there's still some options out there. Some groups uh, that we're that we're going to talk to this weekend to say, you know, here's what we got, here's what we want to do, you know, let's put our heads together and see if this would be a, a good union and and see if we can kind of move forward together. So. There's some options out there for developing. Um, I guess what frustrates me most is that we could invest in some amateur side and, you know, stay an amateur side forever and, you know, not really accomplish our goal of getting back to the professional level. That's, that's the problem in America. The, the promotion takes money. You can't earn it on the field and you can't develop, you can develop the greatest amateur group, club facilities, training coaches, everything you develop that, that can be fantastic. And you're still going to be stuck in the amateur ranks. You know, we it, there there are lots of teams around the country. You know, Chattanooga, right up the road from here in Atlanta, that that does a fantastic job. They have a great organization, but there's nobody in Chattanooga who's willing to write that hundred million dollar check just to walk in the door of MLS. Mm -hmm. They could be successful in, in MLS. I think so. I think I think they got a, a really good organization going there, and they've built something that's this that would be very attractive to sports fans. But there's nobody in Chattanooga who's stepped forward and said, okay, all right, $100 million walk in the door, and we've got to build a soccer-specific stadium. There's probably another $100 million or more. And then we've got to develop this fourth division organization into a first division organization. There's a lot more money there. And, you know, so you got you find somebody who plop down $500 million. You know, that person's not in Chattanooga. You know, Arthur Blank's there in mm -hmm. here in Atlanta. Um, but, you know, those people are rare. Talking about Arthur Blank and who – and his new MLS side. I know I'm not too into Atlanta United FC. Uh, I know you you are not a big fan of them as well. And I don't think a lot of fans in Atlanta are. Or maybe they are because I saw that they have over 35,000, right, season ticket holders? It was over 30,000. No, not season ticket holders. They were season ticket deposits. Oh, okay, yeah. They should fix that. And they're that. about to release the ticket prices for season tickets. And from what I understand, they are going to be eye-poppingly high. Um so it'd be interesting to see how many of those 30,000 deposits get turned into season tickets. Um, yeah. Not real confident that's going to be a, as high a number would like. I know the, the Falcons season tickets going into that state, same stadium are just ridiculous. I mean, why you, why you would spend thousands of dollars to watch eight football games. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could buy yourself a, you could, you could build an addition onto your house that would be the man cave to end all man caves for the price that, of, of a couple of nice tickets to the Falcons game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, but talking about his new club, do you see that as a failure or as a success in the next five years? Um, I, you know, that that's a, that's a good question. Uh, you know, they, they announced recently that the, the stadium's not going to be ready in time. Another um, thing that's going to hurt the club. 
that's going to be that's going to be a big deal because the first three months of the season, March, April, May, they either they're going to have to play all their games on the road, which is going to which would stink, or they got to find another facility here in Atlanta. Now there is the old dome, which is literally right across the street from the new dome, and that's the one I think they're going to have to go with. They they can put grass down there and, and leave it there for for the time that they would need that um, perfectly fine stadium, which I still don't understand really why we're replacing it, but I don't get to make that call. Uh, there were other options they talked about, none of which really work. Like Georgia Tech's uh, football stadium seats 55,000, but the field's not wide enough. You can't get a FIFA uh, width field, grass field, on that on that football field there at Georgia Tech. So that's not really an option. Um, and then uh, the Turner Field, you know, when the Braves abandoned it, I majorly renovated. Georgia State University it just bought Turner Field, and when the Braves are gone, they're going to convert it back into the Olympic Stadium. And it's where they're going to play base, play football and soccer and lacrosse and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, not really any very many good options. I, I think that they're going to get that that new car smell. You know, people are going to go check them out. They're going to want to go check out the nice new stadium once it eventually opens. Mm-hmm. But then after that, people are going to say, you know, going downtown. There's a reason the Braves are leaving downtown. A very good reason the Braves are leaving downtown. Most majority of their season ticket holders are north of downtown outside the perimeter on the north side of town, which is where the, where the Braves are moving. Um, downtown's got a crime problem. Downtown's expensive to park. You're going to pay some ridiculous ticket prices to go watch MLS for a team that is an expansion team probably going to stink for a couple of years. So it'd be interesting to see if, if the city of Atlanta, uh, a, a city that does not support sports particularly well, will support a team that stinks, that's expensive to go watch them stink. Yeah, and that's going to be their problem for, or it is a problem for really every club, is to be relevant every single season and to have your supporters just root you on, uh, especially if you are a, a, an expansion side like Atlanta United. So, best of luck, Paul, with your podcast for the future, for the trust, and for everything that you do in the future. And thanks for coming on, Paul. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Paul Skelling host of Gorilla Talk, for coming on the show once again. Best of luck in the future with with your podcast. Hopefully we can hear you talking about maybe soccer in the United States or maybe something else. So thanks again, Paul. Thank you for everyone that listened to this week's show. I'm really sorry that Gio couldn't come on for this episode, but he will be back next week you can follow us on twitter at one team pod like us on facebook at the first team podcast or visit our new website firstteampod.com you can check out all our latest episodes our blog so much more going on on firstteampod.com we will be back next week but we want to hear from you what are your thoughts on what's going on in Cosmos Country? You can tweet us at One Team Pod, send us a post on Facebook, or you can contact us through our website, firstteampod.com. We will answer your questions, your comments. We will talk about whatever you send us. So you, you can do all that on our, our, our website, firstteampod.com, Twitter, Facebook, whichever way you like it. So thank you, everyone, once again, and have a great week. Yeah, just want to give a shout out to the five points. The Borough Boys, the Bandit Del Cosmos, and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, yeah, it's New York, street and white. What we bleed, you see and fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Cosmic
country loving, we above them, I'm just saying. All those lovely somethings come and see it in our playing. The fact of it, rap from tear attacks, hash and bliss. Reacts, tap, and we win. So fast, racking them in. Whether it's stack the wing, holding back, stand through the mid, cutting the seams. It seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Fancy crew, down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you without the views. Like shouting cues aloud to you without the dudes. Around my crews, I'm tracking past, no excuse. Each session and lesson, it's not about perfection. The work's the test, and F's connected like a method. Not breathless out the training, something's gotta be corrected. Rushing and acceleration at the start's the most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it. The work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done.